God's Road Grace Church would like to invite you to listen to a sermon by our pastor, Todd Nybert. We are located at 4137 Todd's Road, two miles outside of Manowar Boulevard. Sunday services are at 1030 a.m. and 6 p.m. Bible study is at 945 a.m. Wednesday services are at 7 p.m. Nursery is provided for all services. For more information, visit our website at toddsroadgracechurch.com. Now here's our pastor, Todd Nybert. I'm going to be speaking from 1 John chapter 1 in the first two verses of 1 John chapter 2. And I've entitled this message, The Believer and Sin. Now I would like to begin by asking you two questions. Number one, do you believe? And number two, do you sin? Now, the first question, do you believe? I'm not asking you if you know you're saved. I'm not asking you if you know for sure that you will be in heaven when you die. I'm asking you, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Jesus is the Christ, God's prophet, the Word of God. Something he never said during his earthly ministry was, Thus saith the Lord. He said, I say unto you. God's prophet, God's priest. His priesthood is utterly unique. He didn't bring the blood of slain animals. He brought his own blood into the presence of God. He's God's king. That means he actually rules and reigns. He controls everything. He's God's king. Do you believe that he's the Christ? God's king? God's prophet? God's priest? If he represents you, you must be saved because of who he is. He has the power. Do you believe he's God's Christ? Do you believe that he is the son of the living God? The uncreated creator. God the son. Equal with the father because he is God. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? the Son of the living God. You can answer that with a yes or a no. Second question. Do you still sin? Do you still commit sin? Now don't answer uh, glibly, well, of course I do, everybody does. Remember how evil sin is. Sin is the reason for the death of of Christ. All sin is so evil that the Son of God had to die to make a way for God to have something to do with somebody like me or you. Sin is an infinite evil. Do you still sin? That can be answered with a yes or a no. 
Now, there are two things that I want to accomplish in preaching this message. Number one, I want to preach the gospel. I want everybody who hears this message to know and believe how God saves for Christ's sake. I want to preach the gospel of the power of the Holy Spirit. And secondly, I want to understand what the Bible teaches with regard to this thing of a believer and sin. Because I do believe and I do sin. I say that to my grief. I say that to my shame. But I say that it's the truth. I do believe. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I know I sin. Now, before we go on, I want to see how the Bible defines what sin is. You know, the first time the word is used is found in Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you wroth? Why is your countenance fallen? You'll remember that God accepted Abel's sacrifice. He had no respect to Cain's offering, which represented his works. And he said to Cain, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? If you bring the same offering Abel did, you'll be accepted. You can't say this is not fair. You come with nothing but a blood sacrifice that represents my sending my son into the world, you'll be accepted. But if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. Now there's the first time the word sin is used and it's with reference to bringing your own works, bringing the wrong sacrifice. Now listen to these scriptural definitions of sin. Romans 3, 23 says, For there is no difference. And by that, the apostle meant there's no difference between the best man and the worst man. There's no difference between me and you. How's that? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Anything I do that comes short of the glory of God is sin. 1 John 3, 4, sin is the transgression of the law. Any lack of perfect conformity to the Ten Commandments is sin. First, James 3, 17, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it's sin. To know what I ought to do and to not do it is sin. Romans 14, 23 says, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Whatsoever is not generated from saving faith, motivated by saving faith, whatever it is, it is sin. Proverbs 24, 9 says, the thought of foolishness is sin. Proverbs 21, 4 says, a high look, a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked is sin. I can't think of anything that seems more wholesome than plowing, but if a wicked man does it, Scripture says it's sin. 1 John 5, 17 says all unrighteousness is sin. James 2, 9 says if you have respect of persons, you commit sin. Now the only one to ever demonstrate no respect for persons is God when sin was in his son 
and found in his son the sins of his people, God showed him no leniency. He gave him no special favors. Wherever God sees sin, he must kill. He must judge. God is no respecter of persons. That's seen most clearly on the cross. And I'm such a respecter of persons. I have a different standard for me and everybody else. What's clearly sin in you, I've got an excuse for. I'm always easier on myself. The respect of persons is sin. Now let me say this. Only a believer understands anything about sin. It takes a holy nature. It takes a new nature. If you have never been born again, you can't really understand sin. You think it's things you do and you don't understand that it's what you are. That if you do it, it's sin because you do it. Now, in the Old Testament, David said, David, the man after God's own heart, David said, my sin is ever before me. It's continually there. This is David's testimony. Let me give you a scripture from the New Testament. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 7, 14, and he was saying this as a believer. He didn't understand this before God saved him, but he's speaking as a believer. He says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. That means I am a slave to sin. Now, an unbeliever would never say that. They have a free will. They can uh, refrain from whatever they need to refrain if they're in the right place. But Paul, having been taught by the Holy Spirit that he's a sinner, he says, I am carnal, sold as a slave to sin. I can't get out. He went on to say in that same chapter, when I would do good, evil is present with me. Now, the believer and sin. I want to begin in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. John says, this then is the message. Here it is, the message, not a message, the message, which we've heard of him. This came directly from him. We didn't just make this up. This came from him. And we declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. God is light. Now I have no doubt that what that's a reference to is where the Lord Jesus Christ said, I am the light of the world. What was the first thing created in the Original creation, God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now you see by light. No light, no sight. You see by light. Now when the Lord said, I am the light of the world, he said this right after he said to a woman who was taken in adultery. In the very act, there was no doubt about her guilt. He said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. He said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. I am the light of the world. I am the light as to how that can take place. How I can look 
at someone who is guilty, caught in the very act. There was no question about her guilt and say there's no condemnation to her. I'm the light. You only understand that in light of the cross. God is light. Light can come into contact with the dunghill and not contract any of its filthiness. You, the light can come to you. No matter how sinful you are through Christ, the light can come to you. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. Verse 6, if we say. Now, John uses this phrase in this first epistle, John, seven times. If we say. If we say that we have fellowship with him. I speak to him. He speaks to me. I pray to him. He hears my prayer. We have a relationship. I have a personal relationship with God. I have a personal faith in Jesus Christ. I have a relationship with God. We walk in fellowship. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not the truth. Now is he saying if we say we have fellowship with him. And we practice sin in secret. We're liars. And not practicing the truth. If we talk the talk. But we don't walk the walk. We're liars and not practicing the truth. Now we ought not ever sin in the dark. And our walk should correspond with our talk. There's no question about that. But if that's what he means, where does that leave me and you? We won't be saved. Every one of us cover our sins. Oh, we may look good to men, but we're good at covering. Is this what that's talking about? No, it's not. When he's talking about light, He's talking about the light of the gospel. The light of how God can be just and justify the ungodly through the person and work of Christ. That's light. If we walk in the light, John goes on to say, as he is in the light. Now, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, the darkness of salvation by works, the darkness of religious superstition and ignorance, If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, the same light that the Lord spoke of when he said, I am the light of the world. I am the light as to how this condemned woman can be not condemned. It's illustrated by the publican in the temple. He cried, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. Christ said, I say to you, that man went down to his house justified, cleared of all guilt, sinless. That can only be understood in light of the gospel. Now, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, that means I'm in him. He's in the light. I'm in him. I'm in the light. I walk in him. I walk by faith. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. We're fellows in the same ship. We understand that Jesus Christ is all in salvation. 
We look to him only. All of our assurance, all of our faith is him and him alone. We look nowhere else. The only hope that I have is that Jesus Christ paid for my sins and put them away and he takes his perfect righteousness and gives it to me and I stand before God without guilt. That's the only hope that I have. And if that's the only hope that you have, guess what? We have fellowship one with another. We're fellows in the same ship. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. It doesn't say we don't sin, but it does say the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Now in verse 8, he says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Now there the word sin is a noun. There's no time in my experience until after I die and I'm in heaven and I no longer have a sinful nature to deal with. There's no time in my experience I can say I have no sin because I always have my sinful nature. Somebody says, well, my nature, I'm not like I used to be. My, na- my old nature is. It's just as sinful as it ever was. Somebody says, mine's not, you're a liar. That's all I can say, you're a liar. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We've told ourselves a lie and made ourselves believe it. And the truth is not even in us. We've lost all credibility. When somebody makes a claim by that, like that, don't believe them. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, verse 9, if we confess our sins, notice Plural, he's talking about individual sins. If we confess our sins, now the word confess means agreement. We agree with what God says about our sins. It doesn't mean we uh, confess each individual sin. Uh, There's not enough time in the day if that's what we had to do. You couldn't get it done in a 24-hour day. And as far as that goes, most of the sins we've committed, we are ignorant of in the first place. We don't even know we've committed them. What this is talking about is agreement with God. That's what you do when you confess. You agree with what God says about your sin. There's a complete agreement. If we confess our sins, if we agree with what God says about our sins and our guilt, we're in agreement with God. We take sides with God against ourselves. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Now notice it doesn't say he's merciful and gracious. He is merciful and gracious. But if that's what it said, it could almost mean that his mercy and his grace are dependent upon whether or not we first confess our sins. But that's not what it says. It says he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. The only reason we confess our sins is because he's faithful. He determined that's that's what we would do before time began because he put away our sin and every aspect of our salvation is because of his faithfulness. If I confess my sins, I can't pat myself on the back and think, well, I'm better than that person who didn't. No, the only reason I do it is because he's faithful to his covenant and he is just to forgive us of our sins. Now note that. The very justice of God 
demands the forgiveness of the sins of everybody that Jesus Christ died for. He's made a way to be just and justify the ungodly. He didn't sweep my sin under the rug. He put them away by what he did. And his very justice demands the complete forgiveness of all sin. He said, there are sins and iniquities I'll remember no more. Now, the only reason he doesn't remember them is because there's nothing there to remember. Every believer stands guiltless, sinless before God. Now, if we agree with what God says, if we take sides with God against ourselves, if our mouth is stopped and we stand guilty before God, then he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10. If we say we've not sinned. Now there the word is a verb. In verse 8. If we say we have no sin. That's a noun. Here this is a verb. If we say we've not sinned. Now with regard to anything I do. If I did it. It's sin. Because I did it. Somebody says, well, I didn't sin there. Yeah, you did. But I am trying to be honest. Uh, Trying's not enough. You sinned. You and I have never kept one commandment of God one time. Well, I've not kept it perfectly. That means you didn't keep it. Um, If we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. We're showing the evidence of being unsaved. You see, only a believer understands this thing of sin. An unbeliever cannot understand this. Now, chapter 2, verse 1, these chapter divisions are written by men. They were not in the original. So the thought is being continued. John says, my little children... These things write I unto you that if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins. If you say we've not sinned, you make him a liar. His word's not in you. Now here's why I'm writing this to you, that you sin not. That is my purpose in writing to you, that you sin not. Now, what I've said, John says, about sin is never an excuse for the commission of sin. You can never justify, you can never condone sin if any man uses this as a license to or an excuse for or a justification in their sin, they've missed the gospel. These things write I unto you that you sin not. Does this imply that someone can live without sin? Well, whether it does or not, this is to be the aim of the believer, to never sin again to love God with all my heart 
and all my soul and all my strength and all my might and to love my neighbor as myself. These things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, and that word if is also translated in this same epistle, when, when you do. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Now, he compares the Lord Jesus Christ to a lawyer. When you sin, we have an advocate with the Father. We have this advocate before the sin, during the sin, and after the sin. And this advocate is Jesus Christ, the righteous. Now, the righteous advocate makes us plead guilty. Guilty as charged. He's the righteous advocate. He's not going to tell us to plead not guilty when we are guilty. But this advocate who happens to be the judge's son makes all of his clients to be declared justified without guilt. Now let me give you a hint. You know what all the justified do? They plead guilty. Everyone who pleads guilty as charged before God, they're justified. They stand before God without guilt. What a lawyer. Jesus Christ the righteous. Now how does he do this? Verse 2. And he is the propitiation for our sins. That means the sin removing sacrifice. When he died on Calvary's tree, the sins of everybody he died for were removed, paid for, made not to be. He is the propitiation for our sins. Now, the only way that I can stand before God without guilt is if Christ took those sins away and I have no sin. That's what his propitiatory sacrifice did. He was manifested to take away our sins and beloved, he did it. Everybody he died for, their sins have been taken away. In him is no sin. He's the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, listen, if you are guilty and defiled and need your sins put away and taken away, by the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's what you need, I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you think. I don't care what your experience is. There's mercy for you. He's not just the propitiation for the Jews, but for the sins of the whole world. If you come to Christ, I don't care who you are. I don't care how bad you are. I don't care how ignorant you are. I don't care how bad your experience is. He promises I'll in no wise cast out. He that comes to me, I will for no reason whatsoever cast out. Why? Because of his propitiation. What an advocate. The believer and sin, Christ is the Savior from sin. This is Todd Nybert 
praying that God will be pleased to make himself known to you. That's our prayer. Amen. To receive a copy of the sermon you have just heard, send your request to todd.nybert at gmail.com or you may write or call the church at the information provided on the screen. 